Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophet Speak. Today, I am going to continue the Prophet Jeremiah 31b, the second portion of chapter 31. And we're going to start today with verse 15, as we finish 31a at verse 14. Um, Remember that we are still reading about that wondrous day in the future. And we just read in 31a about the wondrous day when the people of Israel will return to the land, the joy and the happiness and the dancing and how wonderful life is going to be. And, and, and we, we, God reminded us of the forever love that he has for us and the love of how it was established in the, in the desert and by creating the bond of the Torah with the Jewish people and then giving them a mission to bring to the rest of the world. Now it's time when you come back to Israel, announce this to all the world, tell all the nations of the world, you have your chance. But now at this point, Jeremiah, remember, is standing at the time, at the verge of the destruction of the temple and um, at the verge of the end of the kingdom of Judea. And he looks to the north and he sees there once was another nation, the northern kingdom of Israel. And generations ago, they were destroyed and they were exiled. And we don't hear from them. We don't know from them. We don't know where they are. Remember, when Jeremiah is writing letters back and forth that we've been studying these past few chapters to the exiles of Judea that had been sent to Babylon, and they are corresponding with the people remaining in Jerusalem, talking about coming back, asking about when God was going to redeem them, when they should come back, when they will come back. But the people of the northern kingdom are gone, completely gone. Looking at that northern kingdom, you can imagine how lost he must have felt. Is this going to be the fate of the people of Judea also? Are they going to be completely lost, completely lost in exile? Jeremiah's answer and God, which is obviously God's answer is no. And not only will the people of Judea not be lost, the people of Israel, the people of the northern kingdom that you think are lost will not be lost. They will come back too. In that context, let's read verse 15. So says God, There is a voice in Ramah, in a place, which is a place name. And we can hear this voice. It is the sound of wailing, of bitter crying, of Rachel, of the mother Rachel, who is crying over her children. She refuses to be comforted regarding her children, for her children are no longer here. Now remember, Rachel, she is the mother of Ephraim and Menashe, another well, the grandmother, to be more accurate, but from her descendant, her, her son was Joseph, whose children were Ephraim and Manasseh. Rachel is the, is the image of the mother, the matriarch of the northern kingdom. The, um, I'm, I'm choosing to use the Radak's first explanation of this verse. I know there's a lot, a lot of Midrashic and Talmudic literature on this verse, but I'm leaving that aside and trying to let the verse speak for itself. Here, he is, Rachel is being referenced because Rachel is the matriarch of the northern kingdom. And the northern kingdom is, She refuses to be uh, comforted. For they are gone. Those children are lost. They're gone. Where are they? We don't hear from them. 
However, so says God, this is verse 16, stop your voice from crying, stop crying, stop your eyes from shedding tears. Why? There is a reward for that which you have done, and Um Adonai says God. Your children, even the children of the northern kingdom that seem to be lost, they will return, they will come back from the land of the enemy. What does this mean? That there is reward for Fu'ulatech? I know there's, again, there's a lot of Midrashic and Talmudic literature, but the commentaries on the verse explain that just the simple meaning of the word is that there will be reward. We know that even the northern kingdom, the people that are in exile that were punished, it's true that they were punished for their sins and it's true that they deserve the punishment. But, but within their exiles, those that remain connected, those that remain attached to God throughout the exile, throughout that suffering, there is reward for that. They will come back. There is reward for all of the good deeds that they have done. I didn't give up on them completely, as God promised us so much. Remember what we discussed in the last podcast, that love is a bond forever. Yes, there was a time of punishment, but that doesn't mean that the love was ever gone. This is verse 17. There is hope for your end. There is hope for your future. No Madonai says God. There is hope for you. Yes, you're in exile, but you can still... Come to me. You can still repent. You can still turn to me. You can still be truthful. You can still be honest. You can still be just. You can still spread the message of God. And those of you that do in exile, there is reward for that. And you will come back. And the children will return to their to their um, boundaries, to their place. I heard Ephraim crying and I heard Ephraim um, in in their uh, uh, in in their exile um, uh, uh, I'm trying to think of a better word than crying but I see lamenting what are they crying when they're out there in the exile they are saying yes God you punished me you sent me into exile I have accepted this punishment I am now punished I'm done. Save me, take me back. I hear your cries, God says to the people of Ephraim. Again, referencing, remember, the northern kingdom here. When when I was sent out here, I was like a calf that hasn't yet been trained to 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 work. I, I haven't no yoke has been put on me, no plow has been attached to me. I haven't been trained to work, so I was wandering aimlessly. But now Hashivani, now they are telling me the people of the northern kingdom that are in exile, they're saying, Hashivani, bring me back for Ashuva, and I will come back because you are the Lord my God. Because now that I have turned back to you, God, I I feel I feel I feel so uh, um, badly about what I have done. I feel remorse for what I have done. I feel I feel awful for how I behaved. I've learned my lesson. And after you, God, have told me and explained to me what I did wrong, so I now I strike myself on my thigh like a person that just hits themselves because they're so they're just so upset about how they've behaved, boshti, I'm embarrassed by my behavior, v'gam nechlamti, and I'm, I'm humiliated by how I've acted, kinasasi because I have now 
suffered, I have carried, I bear the disgrace. I've seen that translation of the shame of my childhood, of the shame of what I did when I was young, when I was still in my land, and that you punished me for. And then God responds, Havenya kirli Ephraim. Ephraim, you are a precious child to me. Im yeled shashuim. You are also a child, my my child of my delight. This is the image of the of my grandchild that I love to bounce on my lap. Kimide Dabrivo. Even though it is true that when um that I punished him, however, when I do speak of him, what do I think? I don't think of the bad. Zohores Kirenu Od. Whenever I speak of him, it reminds me, it brings back the wonderful memories of the old days. Alkain, therefore, God says, Hamu me ailo. My heart, may I literally means my innards. My innards, or my heart pines for him. Rachemarachamenu. I will have mercy upon him. I will accept him back with mercy. Noomadunai, so says God. This is the, um, it is remarkable that Yermio here writes this about the Northern Kingdom. Remember the Northern Kingdom had basically disappeared by now. The people are scattered all across the land. The people are gone. For what, for what we know, the connections between those exiles and the people of Israel are, are, are certainly not spoken about in the, in the Bible very much at all. And they must not have been that significant. But Jeremiah knows that they're out there. And that they are pining for God. And many of them want to return. And therefore he tells them that, he, that they will return. But this is also an extremely important message to tell the people of Judah. Because remember Jeremiah is telling the people of Judah that you're going to be stuck in exile for 70 years. We just studied this just a few chapters ago. And maybe the people in Judah are thinking, oh no, that means forever. That means it'll never. once we're here for generation after generation... We're just going to end up assimilating into this society that we're in. And there never will be a Judea again. There never will be a temple again. Jeremiah is saying, no, those brothers of yours, of, of the northern kingdom Israel, they also, you think they disappeared? They did not disappear. They're going to come back as well. And therefore, because you will come back, no matter how lost you are, because remember, the people of Judah are looking, saying, well, the people of the northern kingdom are gone. Jeremiah is saying, no, they're not gone. They might be a little more lost than you, but no matter how lost you are, you're going to come back. And therefore, verse 21, Leave signposts along the way as you go into exile. Um, uh, set up for yourself markers. Um, uh, uh, you know, because... It, as it like this is the imagery of yes you're traveling away but leave breadcrumbs so to speak so that you know the way back keep this in your heart keep this in your mind uh, remember the path that you're taking remember the path that you're taking because you're just like you're taking it now in one direction you my be- the beautiful maiden Israel you are going to return on that same path in the direction the other way, you are going to return to these cities that you see before you. And then verse 22, and we're going to complete this portion with verse 22, and how long will it be that you will, um, that you will uh, rebel against me, you rebellious daughter? How long will it be that you are not going to 
turn to me. This is so important, this verse, because it is telling us that that this day of redemption will come in the future, but it will come, as we've seen so many times, when the people finally realize that they shouldn't be turning to the people around them for help. Remember, we just had this in, in verse 30, but when they finally realize that they should be turning to God. How long will it take until you finally turn towards me? It has happened something completely new in the land. Now we have a woman who is searching for a man. In the normal way of things, it's a man that searches for a woman. Remember the image of of Israel as the bride. Now it is the bride that should be seeking out God. It is the people of Israel that should be seeking out God. And in the future day, that's what it will be. The people of Israel will finally turn towards God. They will find him and then they will take him back. This, In this sense, this is different than the normal way where the man searches for the woman and finds her and brings her into his home. At least that's how it was in classical times. But now, in the future, it will be the people of Israel who have the image of God's bride will, will search for him and then and, and find him. Uh, thank you so much for studying chapter 31b, the second portion. Looking forward to studying chapter 31c, the next, the third part of this chapter together. Uh, um, thank you so much.